My name is Steven, and I play the Gnome Ranger Ulrich Orman, a squadron leader in the East Italian Warden Scout. You're listening to Advantage. Last episode in number 022, our four heroes and Neavan joined Nexby on her barge, Marge the Deathbringer. While it does find in flat water, a system of winches are used to pull the boat up the rapids. With no experience piloting boats upriver, things went wrong and the Deathbringer ended up damaged. Luckily, Alaris' transmutation was able to patch the hull so that they could continue on their journey. And that's where we'll pick up. So the river continues like this for a while. Flat water on straits, quick water around the corners as the charmed river snakes through the watched forest. Each time you get more practice, your river legs are coming in and you're getting progressively better at reading the white water and maneuvering the barge. Um, Alaris, your copper patch is holding up fine. You will all get a plus one to barge maneuvers on future rapids. Nice. Um, also, because of the brilliant thinking of Alaris and uh, me giving them insp you inspiration for that, it's reminded me of a fun mechanic that I've heard about recently where you can all grant advantage, or sorry, grant inspiration to players for cool things okay so if you think that somebody else is role-playing really well and comes up with clever solutions feel free to hop on that game and be like hey take that inspo continuing on so uh it's getting dark and next be moors the barge in the grotto where you found the warden scout cache in the day on the day that you saw stormhawk mm -hmm. the vessel is tied near the rocks and the cache is up a small tributary creek, less than a hundred feet off the gravel bar. Tomorrow you know that you'll arrive at the old landing at Trail's End, and then that's the end of Nexby's river knowledge. So we basically did about like two days travel in one? Eeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
dope. You you can see the moon coming up, and it's not the it's not the the new moon yet. It's just after full. Is that waning or waxing? Waning. Just after full. Yeah. It's a waning gibbous. There you go. It's a waning gibbous right now. You know what, Al- Alaris? Give me a give me a fun arcana check or history check on uh, cosmology to f- try to f- understand how moon phases work. Did you say history? Or arcana. Or arcana. Well, it's the same, basically. Moralinda, you can do the same. 23. Alaris, you know that, that the sun is a great light that was sent from Pelor, who's like the god of the harvest and light and like general goodness. The moon is a creation of Sehanine, who's in, in court with like Corallon, and another elven pantheon god. You know that it was after the Dawn War and after Stormhawk pushed the other gods out and like ushered in this new era of like natural cycles, like seasons and day and night was one of them. So they saw good in the creations of Pelor and Tehanine for the moon and the sun and then had them cycle instead of working over each other, creating day and night and darkness and light and then gave moon phases as a natural form of keeping track of time. So it's all a project, or project, a product of the Dawn War. Okay. So that's fun, cosmology exploration. I had to figure out that answer when I was thinking about it because, like, the cusp is flat. <laughs> well, shoot. It's not planet, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can't revolve around the sun. Do you want to go check that cache again? Sure. The grotto isn't deep in the ground, um, but there is a rocky overhang uh, from which water falls during rainy weather. One crow sits in the roost and is silent to you. You you don't find the food because you took the food last time you were here, but there's still um, the cache of ammo, weapons, and um, the bedroll. Give me a perception check as you're looking around. I rolled a 14. You're glancing uh, from the overhang, and you're trying to find more crows in hopes that there would be another one that would be speaking to you that you're just missing. You don't see it. At As you're looking around, you see what appears to be a coiled worm-like body with a beaked mouth from which four tentacles are outstretched. From its coiled position, it is about to snap at you, and you're going to roll initiative. How big it's is this medium thing? medium monstrosity. Okay. Worm with an O or a worm? Worm with an O. No. I, I rolled a 23. Dang. For so the Grick is going to go first. Oh, I said his name. Darn. Um, <laughs> now then, a what? It was a Grick. G-R-I-C-K. The Grick is going to go oh, first um, because it is. had a sneak attack on you. It's going to be a 13 versus your AC. That will not... Uh, it strikes and it is your turn. This thing's real close to yeah. me, isn't it? So ranged attacks aren't gonna work. Don't I carry a sword too? Yes, you do. 
I don't ever use it. <laughs> nope, but it's part of the standard Warden Scout militarization. Well, I'm gonna use it now. Okay. Well, well, this thing is close to me. It's gonna alter my modifiers just a They're little bit. They're gonna become strength-based instead of dex. Uh, if my strength is 14, the modifier is yes. two? Gotcha. Yes. I think so, because my 16 dexterity has a three modifier. 17. Presumably I'm proficient with my weapon, I believe. Yep. Yeah, I am. 17 I is that. gonna hit. And then a sword is a D8. Is it a short sword or a long sword? Short swords are D4s. Or D3s. I don't think you're proficient in long sword. It's probably a short sword, but I'm small. So for me, it's a normal sized sword. Okay, a long sword it is. Relative long uh, sword. Yeah, like, does that make sense? Yeah, that's like, fine. That is gonna be six. And then I wouldn't have had time to do this in because uh, he attacked me first. I now make him my hunter's mark, so that won't apply to this one, but it'll apply to this. Deal. Um, this beast is going to uh, slither down from its perch up top and come down right to attack you, slash at you with its tentacles for 14. So it's nope. going to miss uh, with the tentacles as it coils and rears back and snatches at you. It's going to be your turn again, Ulrich. Uh, I'm going to do another attack with my sword. Woo, nat 20. Nice. Um, so that's 8 plus 2, which is 10, plus when you're my hunter's mark, I think it adds a d6. Let me double check. 1d6. So uh, 16 damage. That's a lot of damage. Well, it was 8 plus 2 plus that extra d6. Did you roll the extra d6? Do I need to? I thought that would be max that's damage. Max, it's max weapon damage, but that's Oh, uh, my thing. apologies. Then let me roll the d6. I rolled a 3, so 3. It takes a lot of blood. You chop some tentacles off, like two of the four. It's going to miss again as it attempts to hit you, realizes that it's in a bad way, and is going to try to uh, slither away, um, which will allow you to take a attack of opportunity 15 9 that damage. kills it you are able to pin it down with with the sword and like drive it through its body and into the ground and that makes it lose enough blood that it dies Give me a nature check on this Grick. 19. Gricks normally ambush caverns in the Underdark, but have been known to venture out to the surface to find food. It would make sense to you that, well, it had to come from somewhere. That means that tucked into this grotto is the entrance to a cave that would eventually connect you to the Underdark. Why have you never run into these before? Where is that entrance? These are questions I'm asking myself, or you're looking for actual answers? Those are questions that you are asking yourself. We're, we're like, parked and camped here for the night, right? Yep. Cool. Uh, I'd like to spend a, a few minutes sort of, like, idly looking about to see if I could, like, discern something that's a little off. I'm not necessarily, like, I'm not about to venture to the Underdark right now, but, like, they like it'd be good information to have. Or we could. Because that's a good Give idea. Give me an investigation check. 17. 
with a 17, after searching the walls of the grotto thoroughly and overturning boulders and stones as you go, eventually you uncover a small hole that leads down into darkness. The entrance is wide enough for one person to get through at a time and appears to drop down 10 feet or so into a cavern of some sort. Wait, it drops down like I couldn't climb? Uh, you would be able to climb, sure. Well, I mean, I meant there's not like a ladder or something, like it's a hole in the ground. It's a hole in the ground, yeah. Okay, then I'm gonna pass on that for now. Okay. Ulrich uh, is curious, but this is a, this is an adventure for another time. Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you've joined us for number 023 of Advantage. Thanks to everybody who's helped us get this far. Um, Daniel Grayling, who did our digital art, and Blake Bost, who composed this incredible overture, which you can hear in full over at soundcloud.com slash blakebost. Uh, thanks to Labor of Love Graphics for their help with web design. That site, advantagednd.com, has location details and maps, um, info on the characters and on the cast. Those are linked to heroforge.com where you can see custom design minis um, created by the cast and me. We're also working on a link to our Patreon page where you can donate amount of money of your choosing in order to help pay for all these projects we're doing. Having funds would be a really great relief to us all and would help ensure a quality product for you as our listeners. If you're feeling generous, if you love the show, if you want us to do a better job at it, it would be a great deal of help if you could contribute over at patreon.com slash advantage dnd. Thanks to everybody who's donated so far. Each of those tiers comes with a reward attached. Um, for example, as a $5 per month donor, you get to hang out with the cast and me before we record, which was super fun a few weeks ago. Uh, then as a $10 donor, you can stay on the call as we record and get a sneak peek of what you'll be hearing uh, later on in the coming year. Or the link is patreon.com slash advantage dnd. Dark Silver Forge continues to offer 10% off all their products to Advantage listeners. Um, go check it out for yourself at darksilverforge.com. Use the code advantage dnd, no spaces, all caps, and receive 10% off everything on their website. Uh, our friends in podcasting, How Friends Roll, are finishing up their third season. HFR does micro campaigns with rotating casts and is a riot to listen to. I sat down with uh, their DM Sully the other week, and we recorded a credit sequence that will air during the Switch series that I did with them. Uh, HFR has just been a joy to work with. It's great to have a friend in podcasting and a comfort to have somebody who understands the difficulties of producing a show. Um, anyway, uh, go find them on iTunes or on Twitter at HowFriendsRoll. We're also on the internet as well, so absolutely reach out to us. Our handles on the social media are all at AdvantageDND. Uh, the most personal of those accounts is our Twitter. We'll chat with you all day. Uh, it's where you can get up-to-the-minute updates on the show. Um, one of our Patreon supporters, Daniel, also put together a, a subreddit for us, which is great. Uh, that's over at reddit.com slash r slash AdvantageDND. Um, finally, as a reminder, you can also send us voicemails that will cut into the show. If you want to leave us a message, open up your phone's voice recording app and email it to advantagednd at gmail.com. It's so much fun to hear your thoughts. Uh, and again, our Patreon page, donating at patreon.com slash advantagednd is the most powerful way that you can help show support for the show.
If you can't afford that, leaving an iTunes review is another great way to help bring in new fans. All right, now let's get back to the show. Thank you. turn to the barge and everybody is uh, sitting on the deck there's a, a small cooking fire built in a forged pan of some sort to to keep the flames from the wooden top side and everybody's drinking from their water flasks and uh passing around whatever food is available uh i sit down and like take out my water and like clean off my sword which they've actually probably never seen me use I'm like you wouldn't believe what i just saw do you guys know what a, a- Rick is? I don't think so. Grimton, you do. I do. <laughs> they're, they're these, like, they're not pretty, and they're not from around here either. You usually see them in the Underdark, so I've been led to believe. And uh, I just, uh, I went to go check the Warden Cache, and I just had to kill one. It tried to kill me. Poor thing is probably just looking for some food, but it's kind of the way of it sometimes. But anyway, so I did some poking around. And there's a there's a big cavern over there inside that grotto. Oh, looked interesting. Something I might come back and explore at some point. Feel like that would be useful information. Alaris, go ahead and give me an Arcana or history check. Twenty. Thanks. You've taken your your fair of astronomy courses and astrology courses and also cosmology courses <laughs> at the Weaver School, and so you've got a pretty good handle on the way that the bodies of the universe are made, how they exist in relativity to each other. Okay. Or at least this. So you know that the cusp is obviously the the border between the astral plane above and the elemental chaos below. And you know that between you and the elemental chaos, chaos, chaos exist uh, the, the cusp in a, a slightly more chaotic way in the same way that like higher mountains and the the open sky the immediate open sky exist in a slightly more lawful way or more uh ethereal metaphysical way between these two spaces exists the open sky above as a mixture of the cusp and the astral sea and the underdark below as a mixture of the cusp and uh the elemental chaos So, in theory, you could even tunnel through the Underdark and physically get to, physically emerge somewhere in the elemental chaos. Hmm. You know that there is, it's not even like a portal that you have to go to. However, portals, of course, do exist. It's like literally dig a hole. If you dug straight down, you wouldn't end up in China. You would end up emerging in like chimney mountains of the elemental chaos as mm-hmm. that's neat do you guys uh know about a lot about the underdark not a whole lot kind of the metaphysical way of our think world so do wait do i know about the underdark i mean you know that it exists yeah i i know that it exists <laughs> i see the odd creature come out of it now and again but most of them I don't even... I happen to know a Grick, but I have not seen... 
I don't I don't know others. Well, I've never been to the Underdark myself, but neat factoid, you can tunnel through the Underdark to wind up at the Elemental Chaos. Really now? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like a pleasant place at all. No. No. But it's something you could do. Man, this plane's chaotic enough. <laughs> Grimton, um, you remember times hearing stories of miners that have ended up having to fight like magmen and lava monsters and, and stuff when they have dug too far down instead of digging out in their search for ores. You know, in Hurt Earth, sometimes miners have to double as warriors. If they mine too deep, they end up having to fight a monstrosity or two themselves. Hmm. Wait. So, wait a second. I've got a, I've got a really ignorant question to ask. <laughs> what if the Pandominion used the Underdark? Or, Joe, what was the other one? And there one just above? Like, just the open sky? I mean, like, surely there, I mean, clearly there are some monsters down there, but, like, do people live down there? Do you think they could, the Pandominion could find their trade route, or at least part of it, through there? Uh, I mean, it seems like it would be a very dangerous prospect, but I'm sure given enough It would also resources, take one heck of a mining force. Yeah. Grimton, you know of uh, your dwarven kin, the Duragar? Dur, 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 uh, something. Let me let me look it up. The little thing from the PHB, uh, page twenty, says: In cities deep in the Underdark live the Duragar. These vicious, stealthy slave traders raid the surface world for captives, then sell their prey to the other races of the Underdark. They have innate magical kit. Abilities to become invisible and temporarily grow to giant size. Also, speaking of uh, Underdark stuff, I guess, Morlinda, you would know that, like, drow exist. Yeah, I do know that. I didn't know that they were, like, slave traders, or those uh, dudes different dwarves. than drows. The Dorgar. Oh, in my I mean, brain I heard that they were the drow elves, probably do, right. too. Yeah, you're not wrong. You would also have to take your chances with the Duragar down there. I mean, anyone they send down there could be easy pickings for them. You're not wrong, I guess. Grimton, you would have run into to Grix at some point, just being a dwarf and existing in the mountains, uh, like inside the mountains, yeah. and in proximity to the Underdark. I would imagine uh, Grimton is very unsettled by this entire bulk of information he's just received. Um, Alaris, you see Grimton, like, kind of fidget around and make an unhappy grimace on his face after being told that. You okay, Grimton? I don't much care for the other dark, and there's a lot of nasty stuff down there. If there was a Grick come through, who's to say that something else might not? Who's to say it might not come tonight? Yeah. Are you saying we should go check out the cache? Or just, like, keep a steady watch? I mean... We used to say the Tempest Oath won't show up in the middle of the night. There's always beasts in the wild. Neavan, at the the mention of the Tempest Oath, and in addition, in addition to the Grick, is not happy about that at all. <laughs> and is visibly nervous. 
I see I see Neovan's nerves, and I'm like, oh yeah, I got some some supplies from that. Among them, some extra crossbow bolts. So here you go. I think I'm gonna sleep with a loaded crossbow tonight. Be careful with that. I had a friend once. Uh, uh, he was a, a warden trainee, and uh, he he tried the same thing, and well, he shot himself in the foot. Well, not on purpose. Like he just accidentally he he moved around a lot when he slept, and then he kicked it and. Is that how is that how you lost your your leg, Grimton? No, a bit more nefarious than that. I'm I'm afraid. Uh, next week says, "Well, what's the story?" There's not a lot of pomp to it. Basically, I worked as a smith. One of my customers was unhappy with a finished product, and decided to use said finished product to stab me in the leg as I was turned around. He, he wasn't quite right in the mind. Did he get in trouble for it? Yes. Mostly by me. What'd you, what'd you do to him? At the time, I just had to knock him out. I, you know, had a lot of weapons at my disposal. We were in my shop. Hit him broadside of a side of the head with a sword and, well, knocked him out. I couldn't exactly go run and fetch some help at the time, but someone walked into the shop eventually, and they fetched the guards. Where is he now? Hopefully still in prison, but who's to say? I didn't stick around for the hearing or anything. Or I wasn't around for the hearing or anything. Nexby has... In, during this conversation, gone down to the hold and brought back up the notepad that she that you saw her sketching on when you were first walking into Havenmere when she was looking at the bridge. Do you guys do you guys remember when you first saw me in Havenmere and I was talking about building a bridge to Zadal? Uh huh. Yes. Mm hmm. Well, I started thinking about going over things, and from there, well, I thought ships can go over water. What if a ship went over air? Well, can they? Well, see, that's what I, I would need some pretty dang good artificial magic of the sort that I don't have and I would need to create. But I've got the background of being able to tinker with phys physical objects and put them together to create uh, magical working machines, don't I? I bet I... And see if I've heard of any stories in the past of flying machines? Uh, yeah, give me a history check or an arcana check. Next B, if you can manage to make a flying ship... That's a... You will be... 23. You will be the wealthiest merchant that ever lived, because for a while at least, you will be literally the only good way to trade with the Emperor, or with the, with Zadal. Like, it would be you and only you. Elias, you, uh, you remember that occasionally, very occasionally, um, skiffs come from the Astral Sea and fly down to the cusp to deliver like deva or emissaries from deities and you know of lightning skiffs 
or I've heard of them uh, existing in the elemental chaos that are able to ride the maelstroms in the plane below to get from one place to the other. Hmm. It sounds like you could use the Skyskiff technology. Tell me about them. Uh, they're the transportation vessels that the um, that are used in the Astral Sea. Well, wouldn't those be divine powered? Uh, potentially, but I mean, I'm sure that using the, like, you could probably figure out a way to make it work. Well, what do they look like? They have all sorts of different kinds. They have giant ships, um, to one-man vessels. Hmm. I really wish I hadn't sold my Artificer Spellbook to the Weaver's Guild. Oh yeah, I, I read that book. It was good. You know that none of those spells are mine. Those are, those are creations of the Soul Forgers. Oh, I didn't. Well, now you know. So don't thank me. Thank the Warforged. She she says, uh, putting a good sarcastic bent on it. I mean, surely if artificers and wizards can like make things like the warforged a flying ship could be feasible even with without divine power like could be accomplished magic maybe i don't know it's not like my area of expertise by any stretch but so if you can get into the weavers guild can you get me that book back uh potentially i don't know what are the what's the weaver school's rules on stealing are not returning items. Late fees. Okay. And eventually the late fees transcend into you're no longer a member of the Weavers Guild. But that's if you but that's if they know you have it. Maybe. I'll I'll see what I can do. That means theft. She says winking at you. I mean like yeah. you sold it to them. Can you not just like unsell it to them? Could it not be bought? They were extremely happy to get that book and paid a lot of money. I would have to get even more money now that they know the value that that book contains um, to be able to buy it back. I mean, also, it's just like, it's a library, so, Alaris, can't, you could just check it out. Y'all could yeah, use it there and then you could give it, it back. No theft is necessary. Well, Copy yeah, but I feel like Nexby actually wants the book back. For keepsies. Why can't we just copy down the important pages? Well, I guess you could also do that. Yeah, but what's a little breaking and entering, you know?
elves like the water tribe in Avatar? Like, do they get stronger with the new moon? <laughs> What's going on? Um, some do. Not me. Okay. It's like how Yoda's lightsaber is shorter than everyone else's, because he's little. I'm Yoda, guys. Also, I like that we still ask, uh, or say, versus AC, as if we're in 4th edition, and, like, we can hit Reflex or yeah, Wisdom. Yeah, I and, think about that too late. I'm like, it's always against AC. But it's just an old habit. They die hard. I feel like there was a whole side quest for Ulrich in the Underdark. <laughs> Ulrich and everybody else. <laughs> Ulrich leaves the party and goes to the Underdark. Curious to see is if we will ever actually come back to this place for the Underdark. I mean, the Underdark is um, underneath you all. The Underdark is everywhere. Always. Well, right, but like... Come back to this specific location? I don't know. If you got stuff down there for us, like, it'd be cool to explore it. Like, we have a bit of a focus at the present. <laughs> I can't have any fun with you guys. <laughs> well, there's a time crunch on, Joe, like... I know. We're yeah. trying to save our people. Trying to get people to not die. Slightly more lawful way, or more uh, ethereal, metaphysical way. Siri, I... Okay, I found this on the web for Hey Serial Metaphysical. Take a look. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, I, uh, I once went on a date with a girlfriend in high school and the first time that I met her parents they were they were in the market for a new house and so we went to go meet them at the, at this new place and they're like oh we're gonna go visit the house is that something you'd be interested in and I was like heck yeah I'm interested in it so we show up it's in like a subdivision in Fayetteville I I, I meet the parents and I was like all right uh so is a realtor realtor gonna let us in are they on their way and they said oh no and we walked to uh <laughs> walk to the <laughs> backyard and uh they like slip a credit card in and they're like why do you need a realtor <laughs> so, so the first time that i met her parents we did a b and e wow. That's, wow that's okay hashtag criming while white